Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. This is an interesting question, and, and it's kind of it's kind of I guess a summary uh, for you guys. Uh, Jimmy Adama said, um, "Is this going to be?" Uh, you guys touched on it, but I guess the, the question he wants to know is: It's just not going to be video. How does it all work for someone who's not that technical? Uh, with with you know, it's going to be video. It's going to be text. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Like, how does that all work for someone who's new to this that wouldn't really know? how to get started well from the front end it's going to be really seamless if you're using three speak we're going to we plan on especially with the resource delegation tool and then we'll have the same thing with Braca. that we're never going to give users especially new users who we know are legit um they're going to have you know it's pretty going to feel like web 2 they're not going to need to know anything as they get deeper want to build their own communities and all that then they're going to have to interact with these tokens well, we foresee a day where it would be simply, you know, these front ends say post to speak and it costs this much Braca or post to Hive, it costs this many RCs. And, you know, I believe as Hive becomes more in demand because it's a finite space blockchain where IPFS is unlimited, right? We have the recall process, which is uncapped. Um, so you, you're going to get to a point where you can store small amounts of data for incredibly cheap and re-delete it, which is highly desirable and recoup some of that back so you know there's just gonna be people who say hey do you want it to be forever which that's what a blockchain is people are paid to store this data this select data all of them have to have the same copy um as opposed to the ipfs where you have a lot of people storing little bits in it um it's very flexible you can delete it so yeah it'll just be do you want this to be permanent or do you want it to be not permanent basically and then if it's not permanent you'll have to have a little bit of braca um, you also have to have a little bit of resource credits, obviously, because you're posting the hive too. So, um, it's basically, if you want the ability to post video and images and be able to delete it and all of that good stuff and have a good user experience, you'll have a little bit of Braca in your account and you'll have a little bit of RCs in your account, but for front ends, they should take care of that for hardcore users that know what's going on. Like us, you know, we'll have our own Braca, we'll have our own hive and we'll do our own thing, but. For, for most people that just interact with front ends and not even know what Brock or, or, or RCs are. Yeah. I think one thing, um, since you guys didn't really go through it, but for anybody who hasn't read the light paper, uh, just quickly, the three speak network tokens is the Larynx are the miners and they create the speak token, which is the governance token. And then Braca is the transaction, it, it, the equivalent of gas. Correct. correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, so with the with the larynx miner token, effectively, it's the digital equivalent of a mining rig, right? So a physical mining rig. And over time, those rigs become relatively less efficient to the latest rigs that get released, right? So there's an incentive for the market to continuously upgrade their rigs to, to make sure they're more efficient so that they are mining more cryptocurrency. So it's the same thing with this. We're going to, the system will digitally make the new um, minor tokens re relatively more efficient than the old minor tokens every year. And there'll be a certain amount of minor tokens released every day that people will pay high for, and that high will go into the SIP. 
Um, and there'll be like a competition. There'll just be a pool of tokens that get released every day and then a certain amount of hive and they'll just divide it by based on who paid the most. Um, and then what you do is you effectively burn those larynx minor tokens as you connect your infrastructure. So you're, it's like a stake. It's like a credible stake. It's like, I'm going to burn my mining rigs or something like this, right? So that I can guarantee to the network that I'm going to use those rigs to mine a certain amount of Bitcoin, right? It's that kind of thing, that kind of way of thinking. So what it, it, what it does is it, it forces the miner to have some skin in the game, some financial skin in the game. It can be the that you can also sell your account. So you, you stack up this power and it just it stays there. And one day, if you want to shut off lights, maybe you have a lot of power, you know, you can then sell your account. So um, it becomes a valued asset, that account, that um, a proof of stake sort of, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I saw this happen on the BBC before where the kid walks in. <laughs> and the, and the, the nurse, the, 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 <laughs> at least your kid's well-educated enough to know to get out. Well, I'm just saying, man, get ready for it, man. That's what's coming. Yeah, get ready. That's Mine can't move yet. So. Uh, yeah, you're you're good for another you know, six months or something, but oh, it's uh, he, never he's already He's already trying to jump on the mic, eh, there, John? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his mom was just like, Isaiah, come back. And it's like, kind of Dad, like, ask yeah. the right questions, Dad. Ask the right questions, man. <laughs> God. It's not a job. It's an adventure, guys. <laughs> oh man! So, so then, so then you got you got the miner tokens that the miner then stakes essentially and loses, but they're they're providing infrastructure and get a certain amount of mining rewards based on how many miners they've provided. So if you've got the guy providing the same infrastructure as the other guy, except one guy's provided more miner tokens, the other the other guy's going to get one of the most miner tokens provided is going to get more rewards. Um, so you kind of gamify the competition for the miner tokens like that. And then once you you've created the, you've provided the infrastructure, and we there's obviously the different types of infrastructure that we can go into. So you've got um, content delivery networks, you've got storage, you've got validation to validate use the the, the um, proof of access mining algorithm to validate the people storing what they're actually saying they're storing, um, and you've got um, encoding. So that all of those things, if you if you provide that infrastructure, then you'll be able to receive the capped governance speak uh, token speak. Um, and that token is, it's got an inflation, but it's a decreasing inflation over several years and it will cap eventually. Um, and then with that, you can obviously, you'll be able to set variables on the network. So how much um, is a transaction tax, for example, how much of the mining fee goes into the SIP, for example, how, at what point is the SIP used to provide emergency fees to the infrastructure provided you know all these things should be provided by decided upon by the stakeholders within the network so that's what the, the speak governance token will be used for and then of course you can stake that and you can power it up and uh, dan just touched on it there but peer plays has got a really cool feature where effectively you, you'll be able to have a bond so you'll be able to power up the speak token and it will have a bond so you, you power up with a pledge so you pledge for say six months right and Every because you've pledged that much, you'll receive a higher rate of interest than someone that powered up for three months, for example. And also, proportionally, day by day, your governance will grow. So, you, if you power up 50,000 steep uh, speak or whatever, you're not going to get 50,000 speaks worth of governance token on the worth of governance power influence on the first day. You're going to have to keep it state to, to slowly accumulate that over time until you reach the end of your pledge. Um, if you then power down early, there'll be a penalty which gets paid to the other, the other people powered up. 
to the long-term stakeholders will benefit because the weak hands powering down will have to pay a fee back into the, probably partly into the SIP and partly into the other stakeholders. Um, The other cool thing about that is that when that happens, when you do that powering up process, you receive an NFT, right? This this is stuff that's in phase two. This isn't going to get built straight away, but this is where we're going. And and certainly it's been proven on peer plays already. Um, So you receive an NFT. And then what you can do our understanding is that you'll be able to sell that NFT to someone else. And that NFT will have your speak balance, your bracket balance, your larynx minor balance. It will have how much of your governance stake you've accumulated. It will have your interest rate paid on the fact that you've staked for X amount of time. It will have the fact that someone's already staked that pledge and kept it for that amount of time. So all these things are valuable things that are not just the balance of the account. So for example, right now, if you wanted to sell your Hive account, you would be selling your followers, your text content, your hive balance, how much you got powered up and the potential for growth for the future. Maybe that's going to be the value of the account. For someone like me, that might be the value of the hive plus 1% or something, right? Someone like Dan, it might be the value of his hive plus 10% or something. But with this technology that we've just described, it's it's so much, it captures so much more value when you sell, if you want to sell your account, right? Because now you can start trading them because now you've got, an account with a 10-year bond that you held for 10 years and now it's accumulated 10 years worth of governance, right? That governance is much more valuable than when you staked it on day one, even though it was the same amount of speak that you staked. Um, so it's, this whole, con- it, it really takes a bond market and changes it into what a bond market should be, if, if you like. Um, where of well, course- Well, then you can, you can tokenize that NFT on top of it and spread it out and sell it to 100,000 different people. That's where that's that's where it goes, right? That isn't in our timeline, but build it. You know, it's your it's your network as much as it is anyone else's. You know, let's build this stuff, right? Let's put propose. We'll have a proposal system in Speak as well. Um, uh, let's put proposals in for these things. Let's get bounties. We're also v- very far through. We're about seventy five percent the way through building our minimum viable product for a, a, a bounty system. Effectively, a, it's a bidding system. It's similar to the Hive DAO. Uh, where you put proposals in, except what, what happens is is you put a proposal in, which is a task. You put a task in, right, that the, the, the network needs to complete. And then if the community votes that task above the return proposal, you can start placing bids against it. And then the community, whoever it is that's funding that, or if it's being funded by the community, they can then select the bidder that they like the most. So the bidder will provide a price and provide obviously some technical experience, because, of course, you don't always want to go with the cheapest bidder if there's another guy that's a bit more expensive, but you all know you can do the job and you're not sure about the other guy, right? So hopefully you'll be able to collect, collect bids against these tasks. So what you're going to see is where with Hive, what's, what Hive struggles with often is, you see we're working on a, on a, on a, on a token system. Obviously, I grow ed with, with Hive Engines working on a token system. There's another couple of guys working on a token system. I, I think Block Trades will ultimately be releasing a token system as well, or at least a, a smart contract engine. If we if we if there would have been a task in the Hive engine straight away that said we need a we need a, a smart contract system right there and then everyone was to have voted on that task that task everyone knows that the community wants to do that task and then people could bid against that task to say I'll build this task for X price right and maybe break it down into milestones so you say you know we've got the various different milestones so you get paid per milestone instead of having to get paid right at the end and then everyone knows that this guy. Got, got rewarded the bid by the community to build that task. You're not, you're going to get much less people working on the same, spending resources to work on the same solution simultaneously, but keeping it quiet 
and then releasing it at the same time, at which point both people realise, well, shit, if we'd have just worked together, we could have got this done twice as quick. Yeah. You know? So Hive struggles with that a little bit, um, and this this will solve that issue. Um, and hopefully, because it's going to be built on the same base technology, we can we can end up integrating that into the Hive DAO as well, if if the community so chooses. And um, I actually just think it's a more efficient way to to distribute to to allocate resources on the chain. So that's going to be quite interesting as well. Very nice. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I just well, I wanted I wanted to actually ask because we Dan and I have been doing a lot of talking, but I wanted to, to ask what what you guys think about this stuff, and if you guys have got any any visions for things that could be built into this, or if our vision maybe needs to change a little bit, or or if there's ways to improve it. Or things that we haven't thought of, you know, because Dan and I aren't the be and end all, you know, we're very fallible people and we're just trying to really, we're just driven by the, the passion about provide, you know, ensuring free speech is a human right and then building off of that, you know. What is there anything you guys see from obviously you guys are, I would class you as experts in blockchain as much as any of the rest of us on Hive because you've been around this stuff for so long and you've seen so many different projects. What, what, what do you guys think? Where could this go? How would we market it, for example? what else will we build on it well the, the biggest thing for me and and you know without getting into my story too much was you know being a, a guy who owned online businesses for a decade plus um being completely wiped out from paypal just shutting my account down just just one day they said after oh. years you know you're done um that fired me up to start looking at blockchain crypto etc cetera, etc cetera. And then it was this natural progression into why am I going to use traditional social media? This stuff on blockchain is just as good, if not better. And it's my account. I don't need to worry about it. I'm not going to get shut down. No brainer for me. The, the, the issue with that I'm having uh, with, with my community, you know, is, is all I could talk about is my community, is that a lot of people are interested in this stuff. They just want it dumbed down. Um, so the easier it is, like I, I, I get the technical stuff and, you know, like the, the, the larynx, the, the speak token and the bracket makes total sense. Once you get it, it makes total sense. But for the new person, what you said, Matt, is bang on. It needs to be where people are using this stuff and they don't even realize that they're using it. And then they can dive a little bit deeper. And that was my journey on, you know, Steam, the blockchain that shall remain nameless. Um, that was my experience. It was like, okay, this idea makes total sense. It's brilliant. Uh, I don't need to worry about PayPal anymore because here's my payments. I don't need to worry about social media anymore because here's my blogging and, you know, and back then it was DTube. So it was like, cool. So the, the easier it is for us, for, for entrepreneurs and for everyday people, the better I think it'll be for more adoption. So the only thing I can say other than, I mean, this is a ton of info. I've been writing notes down, guys. So, <laughs> you know, taking notes like I'm in class here. Uh, but for me, it's just ease of use. Uh, the, the easier people can use this stuff and adopt it. And yeah, there's a little bit of a learning curve and we totally understand it. But just to get on board and get using it uh, is, is critical, I think. I mean, there's, there's, two, there's two things here. Um, one is a lot of the responsibility is going to be on the platforms to provide a free feel experience to their users, I, I believe. So that's one. And the other one is at the same time as that, it's like, you know, this isn't, this is a lifestyle, right? It's not just, um, it's not just, we're not just building a free speech platform. 
I take this through as many parts of my life as possible. I'm not perfect, but I want to be, let's just think this book, The Sovereign Individual, right? It's, it's a very, it's going around at the moment within the Bitcoin community. I've seen myself as a sovereign individual for a number of years now. And I, I'm not perfect. I'm not fully sovereign, of course, but I'm passionate about building products that provide sovereignty to people, self-sovereignty. Um, and get them out of the system so they have an alternative option. And I think this will do a, a number of things. Like, as we see, again, the world, the walls closing in on, on even ordinary people now that follow all the rules and everything, um, they, they're going to see their freedoms restricted. And they're even going to, it feels like at the moment, they want their freedoms restricted. You know, it's, it's almost got to that point, which is almost the level of propaganda that's, it's, it's just a mountain to climb that I can't even believe they managed to do. Um, but there is nothing like people being shown that they can be free. And that's what this technology is enabling. And um, from just from the very, you know, growing your own food, creating your own energy, or at least having those systems in place, having a network of people who think the same way, employing lawyers who will back you up that you can all fund together, um, that, that will, that will do, do class actions if they need to, you know. Um, getting the kids schooled in the way that that, 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 that that teaches them what freedom is and teaches them what self-sovereignty is. Um, setting up a network so they don't have to go to state-sanctioned schools if, if they don't if they don't have to, you know, so you can cope, find a way to deal with that. I appreciate there's a lot, a lot that goes into that. Um, and then taking it then from, from that side as well to the digital self-sovereignty. So what are you doing about, I mean, you're a prime example, John, because you've before any of this technology even existed, you took yourself away from PayPal, probably by by necessity, but you've managed to set yourself up so you can <laughs> They earn. took him away from PayPal. They took him away, right? But he was one of the early ones, so he got a head start, right? But the point is that you, you've set yourself up digitally, so you've got your own digital sovereignty to, to the maximum extent possible. And the technology that we're building, and hopefully we'll be able to work with people like you on this as well, uh, to, to build customized solutions, that because this is for people like you, you know? It really is. And, and, and so if we can work with people like you and understand what you guys need, and, and maybe you guys can even provide some testing or feedback or idea generation or some funding of your own, maybe, or whatever it is, support the network, run a node, whatever it is, you know, um, then we all become part owners of this. And we can figure out the most efficient way ourselves to provide this self-sovereignty to ourselves first and then to the people around us. Uh, the problem the problem with that though is if you're going to have to grow your own food it's not you know it's much easier to go to the supermarket and just buy it right but of course the shit you buy from the supermarket now we all know it's got chemicals in it it's poisoned it's not great for you right so it's even in the supermarkets now so it's like well we need to go and find granny who used to grow food in a, a garden right and get the food we know it's fresh we know where it comes from that's the mentality we need to have but that's effort it takes effort it's not it's not um how can i say it's not um it's not comfortable it's not convenient so web two provides the convenience web three says to you, we're going to make this as convenient as possible, but they are your keys. These are your keys, you know, don't lose them, right? This is your life. Your keys are your life. And yeah. particularly for someone like you, John, who has to do business based on these keys now, like they really are. Um, and so there's, there's a bit of a compromise there as well. I think, I think there has to be a, a mentality of, I'm taking control. I'm re I'm rebelling against the system and taking control over my own sovereignty. And right. yeah, it's going to be great when these things get updated so they are almost as seamless as Web 2, which I'm convinced we'll get there. But at the same time, there is the whole, you are now responsible for your keys. You are now responsible for your community. You're now responsible for what your community 
ends up doing to some extent because if you've got a public persona there and people in your community are breaking the law constantly and that the community's backing up this stuff permanently the the law system is going to come knocking to these people right so there's this there's an element of self-responsibility now where the platforms used to have it now the individuals are going to have it um, there's going to be a lot of anonymous accounts as well i think where people are going to have to you know you're going to have your public persona and your public opinions and then you're going to have your private persona that has a following and has opinions that you're not necessarily going to say in public uh, but at least it'll keep the debate going and keep the speech happening um whereas whereas that's being because ultimately i mean there's there's going to be a lot of bad sides to that as well you know it's all, i'm going off a bit of a tangent from years of use but there's going to be a, a lot of spin-offs from that so you're going to get bad people using this tech um and well i, I know many people that would call me a bad people from web 2 a bad person from web 2 and you too as well you know you're very bad people right but we, we're talking about the people that probably we would consider bad right and everyone considers someone bad um there's going to be a moment where these people cross the law, cross the law, and and but the, the beauty of this is is that they can't the authorities can't come to you, John, or you, Taskmaster, or Dan, or me. They're going to have to go to the individual, and it's going to be the individual's problem to look after their own mouth, right, uh, and 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 say the right things in via the right accounts so that they don't get ch chased down via using anonymity if they have to. Um, yeah, so. It's it, there's a lot more self responsibility with this stuff than than what there was. But what do you want? Do you want your freedom, or do you want to live in Web two where you're going to have to keep your mouth shut and and do do whatever you're told by and be a good good boy under Google's ever increasing, what should I say, ever decreasing scope of things that you can do and say within within their system, you know. Um, and the beauty of that is once we once we do this, once we have a group of people that know this, which we do already on Hive, to be fair. But as that grows. And people start to see, well, hold on, shit, on Twitter, Splinterland's got censored on Twitter. You know? <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, what's, we know what's going on. I mean, we can go into that a little bit if you want. We know what's going on there, yeah? yeah? That's that's going from, we used to get censored if we said bad things. Then the president got censored. I might not necessarily agree with him on everything, but I, I, how the hell do you think you're more powerful than, than censoring a president? And then now they're starting to censor games. And the games... You can see that it's it's anti-competition. So the, they're they're also releasing their own NFT systems, the Web two side, because they they're not going to get classed as securities, right? So they're going to release their own NFT systems, and you've got these NFT games on distributed systems like like Splinterlands that are going to become direct competition for these guys. So let's censor them, start censoring them now as well. It just gets ridiculous. So the beauty of this is how lucky we are are that splinterlands isn't running on web 2 right because they they're going to chip away at that shit right they're getting bigger so they're going to start chipping away what can they do now they can't do anything all they can do is turn their twitter account off but the point is that people like us we are here to provide the free speech we're here to provide the platforms the, the protocols that allow splinterlands to run and what they're going to do you know it's almost like we've already won we've just got to put in the work, build the systems that are easy to use and then market them well, you know. But the marketing is almost going to speak for itself in many ways because I can see a few bigger platforms. There's going to be more and more platforms that get that get deplatformed, more and more games that get deplatformed, you know. There's going to be games that, that their whole modus operandi is going to be, they're not going to be able to, um, um, to compromise their game model by conforming with the PC culture. So they're going to say, fuck you. And then web two is going to censor them, but they're going to say, they're going to be able to say, fuck you because they know that there's a web three there that they can move to. And as time goes on, the marketing will become 
people using PayPal and getting censored and all these other people, such as yourself, John, and they'll be like, they'll be like oh, but John's over there and he's still got his business up and running. How's he doing that? You know, he's got the same fucked up opinions that I do or whatever, you know, or right, he's right. doing the same type of business that I, that I do. So uh, hold on a minute, what's he doing? And it's like, oh shit, the guy's using Web3. Oh, he's got his own website. He's got Hive integrated into it. He's got the speed network integrated into other parts of his media. He's got governance and ownership over that network, right? That I don't have any governance or ownership at all over, over Twitter. And um, it just it just becomes incredibly powerful to just to be able to show people, look at, look at me. I, I've got my own food. I've got my own connections. I've got my own lawyers. We all work together. We all bring our own children up. We've got our own freaking sustainable money systems. You know, it gets it gets incredibly powerful. God knows how what, what the counter reaction is going to be against this stuff, because I'm sure there will be one. They're not going to let it go quietly into the night. Right. Um, but I guess we'll have to face that bridge when we come to it. But I, I, I don't see that being an issue even because how, how are they going to? It's like it's like Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the is the value transfer. Well, this will be the Web three will be the the communication transfer, right? You can't stop it. The ideas are out there. It's done. So all it's going to take is for people to see it. People living in the, these restricted worlds, feeling like they, they, you know, whether whether or not you agree with vaccines or not is irrelevant. It's the fact that people feel that they have to take them, whether they like it or not, is the problem. That's that's a terrible state of affairs that we're in. Um, that's not going to be the case in the future. People aren't going to be coerced because they're not going to be able to lose their jobs because their jobs are going to be on Web3, you know, yep. et cetera, et cetera. It's so, funny you mentioned the sovereign individual. I, I I don't even remember when that was written. That that's oh, it's old, decades. That's yeah, like it's twenty old. years old, and it's funny yeah, it's yeah. making its its rounds now. But it, yeah. it's very applicable. And what's actually interesting, uh, Matt, that you brought that up is, I, I think we're starting to see. And in fact, I wrote a post about this. We're starting to see the this type of stuff being implemented. The foundation being laid. And you say we already won. There's no way to stop it. I mean, part of my long-term view is nation states are going to disappear. They're, they're going, to, going to go away because they do not fit. Our present government, government system was built in a physical world when we dealt with, you know, a certain geographic area. They, it wasn't created in this digital world, nor was our monetary system. You know, that was created where they physically printed dollars or lira or whatever the, the monetary unit was. And, you know, you ask how you guys are doing as I'm listening to all this. I look at everything through the lens of the metaverse, you know, and, and where things I believe the metaverse is where we're headed, uh, which is kind of Web3, but, you know, a, a bit of an extension on that. And everything you guys have talked about uh, this afternoon leads right into that. You know, it, it all is just encompassing part of the foundation that I believe we are constructing that is going to lead to that point where we have communities instead of uh, corporations, where we have crypto economics or network economics instead of geographic economics or, or local economics based upon where you are physically, where people will be able to pick up and physically move and, the, and before the government systems you know, do end up going away, they will have to be competitive. So you know, if, if I don't like what the United States says, I'll figure out a, a place that says, hey, we're not gonna be as intrusive. We're gonna not charge as much 
sales tax. We're going to, you know, do this and the other thing. And I'll say, okay, well, that'll be better for me because my income isn't dependent upon living in a particular area and showing up somewhere each day. It's going to be dependent on showing up each day on a digital network, whether it be Hive, whether it be Speak, whether it be whatever, or whether it's just I show up somewhere and I don't even know where I'm showing up. But I'm showing up somewhere because I don't even know the back end and I don't even care because I'm getting 50, 75, 100 different tokens. And one thing I want to really add, and it's something that I said earlier about the wealth. And Matt, as you were just going through down these different things or different ways people can get speak and providing these different services and support for the network in many, many different ways. As I'm sitting here thinking, the word that comes to mind is inclusiveness. You're bringing in a whole lot of people from around the world and wherever somebody fits in and they decide where they fit in. If you have the technical expertise, fine. You follow that route. You set up uh, servers. You set up, uh, you know, helping with the infrastructure yourself. Uh, if that's not your forte, well, you can come in and you can start to help with marketing. You can start to help with talking to other people. You can start to help with, like you said, the bounty system. You can, you know, cash your boats. You can hold your governance tokens and stake them. And I'm just sitting here saying, again, I go back to the wealth that's going to be created. And this is not unheard of wealth because people think, oh, well, we're, we're just, we, the numbers get big because the dollars devalue. And I disagree with that statement. The numbers we deal in today get so big because when you look at what the internet did and the value created by the internet, and even if we don't like them, but you look at the Apple, the Amazons, the Facebooks, these companies have the ability to have billions of customers. You know, GM, General Electric, uh, your local utility couldn't get billions of customers because they were in a physical world. They had to physically make something. They had to physically appeal to people in their geographic area. Facebook, uh, other than where they've been banned, they can have everybody. I mean, Starlink. I, I look at that company and say, you know what? They have the potential of seven and a half billion customers. They could serve the whole planet. So what is the value on that? And so mm. when I look at what you guys are describing here, to me, this is laying a foundation where we're dealing in a digital world, which then it's not unlimited, but in my opinion, it's limited by bandwidth and by computational power, both of which are expanding exponentially. So the amount of wealth that can be created is the next layer which I think many people realize and, you know, the Facebooks and the Epic games and all of these are going after. The problem is they're going after for the venture capitalists, for Wall Street, for the select few. Yep. Whereas what you guys are creating is for the masses and we all just voluntarily show up. Nobody's forced to come to this. If you want to stay on Facebook or Twitter, knock yourself out. If you want to stay on YouTube, have fun unless they kick you off. But this is something where we show up and like you guys have both said, those of us on Hive who are still here, we show up each day, regardless of what's taking place. We went through bear markets, bull markets, now maybe a pullback, maybe another bear market, whatever you want to call it. We went through Sonny Boy and his trauma. We've gone through the downvote wars. We've gone through, you know, whatever else other chaos we create for ourselves. 
and we're still here and we volunteer to show up for this. And, you know, if you don't like it, you can always leave. None of us are forced to be here, but those people are here. Many of us are for a higher purpose. And I like to say the age of abundance is, a com is coming. I mean, you know, it's hard to say rich because that depends on where you are and that type of thing. But financial wealth, I think, is because it's being tied to social media and computation and the ability to just get airdropped or claim drop tokens and stake them and just make more money off that. I mean, if you just forecast that compounding over five or 10 years, and Matt, you just gave a, an example of what your vision is or your guy's vision over the next 12 months, 18 months, whatever, who knows what else is dropped on that or developed on that, no that idea. people just say, you know, Hey, we're just going to drop it to those speak token holders because you know what? They're kind of crazy and they're committed to this and you know, they hate government. So they're right up our alley, by the way, dollar vigilante. What's he going to call his token? The dollar. <laughs> you know it's like I, as you were saying that dollar vigilante i'm like what's his coin going to be called the dollar <laughs> but uh i i mean in terms of ideas i i don't really have any ideas what i have is just this is all in line with what my technology background and my, my study of, of futurism and things like that it's all in alignment and this is going to benefit so many people. Uh, and I hope the people listening or watching to this realize that this is not just a decentralized video storage pro program or platform. This is much bigger. And like you said, Matt, freedom, you know, sovereignty. This is the ability to break the financial and digital stranglehold that is happening on all people. Yes. Once sure. you do that, then the other stuff you started to mention, because I believe we're going to be integrated. In, and my definition of Web 3.0 is it's going to ultimately be the convergence of our digital, physical and biological lives uh, all matched in together. And we're already seeing our physical world with a digital overlay and all that good stuff. And so this is right there where anybody can come in. And, and I don't care what country you're from. Uh, as long as you can get on the internet, and I don't care if you have no money, many people have proven you come on to Hive, you get active, you get involved, you leave comments, you start doing what you what what we suggest, you're going to start building and growing and developing, and now you guys are just adding to that because first off, you're you're going to enrich Hive holders by one to one, and you're dropping miners on them, which is going to create governance token, which is going to give them a stake, which is then going to give them help, uh, the ability to guide the direction. And so yes. I, I think compared to where we were 2016, 2017 as an industry and as a community on Hive, I, I think we're light years ahead. And uh, I don't know how close we are. I mean, Dan, you often talk about this, how close you think we are to a breakthrough and you know, it could happen any day now. And I agree with that. I don't know what it'll be, uh, but the ones will move to tens, the tens to hundreds, the hundreds to thousands. And then you go from like a thousand, you go from the thousands to a million because it just all of a sudden explodes. Yeah, so a little slowly, bit on a tangent. slowly, then suddenly. And, um, I think all the things that you've mentioned, um, you know, you're starting to see 
the protocols are taking over communities are starting to become more powerful um government is a really old it's if you think of communities governments are like analog communities that are archaic um that have abused their power that have now gotten to the point where they can just print something that has no value communities are going to have currencies not even currencies they're just assets valuable assets backed by that community network ip is worthless now ip the best ip is free open to all that means the only value that's left is network effects so that means large communities have all the power they have all the say and since you have platforms like hive that are open to all no matter what land you come from you have a phone you connect to the internet you can post a blog article you can reach out you can come up from nothing literally nothing from anywhere in the world there's never been a technology like that um, you know, I love Bitcoin. I love, you know, I like Ethereum. Um, the point being, those aren't scalable in terms of reaching the masses. You still have um, in El Salvador, you know, they're relying on um, a, a centralized payment processor, which is great. I'm not saying that's bad, but if you really want to reach every nook and cranny of this world, every country, countries that you would have written off, had thought had no hope, that's where one peer enters Hive. It's a, it's a, it's an invisible connection to a web. And now they're a part of something that's much greater than anything they could have been a part of where they're at. They tell their story, they show where they're at, they onboard others. And when you think of, oh, well, if the power is in numbers, the IP is worthless. It's not worthless. It's the most, it's, it's priceless, literally. You can't buy it because it's free, but it's the backbone. And then you think of the communities as the, the literal juice, the literal engine, which these billionaires with this rotting currency are going to desperately try to cling to, invest in, realize that the table has been turned and there is so much fiat, there is so many zeros out there and imaginary currencies that need to convert into these community tokens as they're calling them. Um, you know, they're gonna have many names, but they're, they're literally just community assets, community back assets. You're going to see these things absolutely massively grow. And, you know, when I talk about Web3, I really do just talk about Hive. There's going to be lots of side chains, peer plays, lots of things. But if you're talking about that account management system that draws everything together and bridges everything in terms of scalability, community, and as we start to just branch, and it's not about working against any other chain. It's about bridging to all these technologies. And the ones that do that, are the ones that are a the most decentralized because they're not competing. They're not competing. That means they're 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 not trying to make their token more valuable because they have a big pre mine. They're trying to make their token more valuable with their use case, and they're not afraid of of bridging and sharing technology. And we have a novel thing like Hive. Just it, when you really look at the technology of Hive, it's so novel, it's so unique. It's almost like Dan Larimer took a few hits of acid when he made it because it's absolutely crazy in terms of how intricate it really is you're not going to see it that's why people who fork they always have issues it's just you know if you're not a part of that core that was there that built it you're going to have a very difficult time trying to replicate this technology and make it work on all the cylinders so that's why we have to cherish this there's nothing else like it there's not a network effect like it and it's going to be obvious in the future where you want to drop your tokens as matt was alluding to communities drop tokens people drop tokens that's going to be the value where can it's like okay the gang's up no more pre-mines they're on that there's no more of this centralization birth of tokens anymore there's they nip that in the butt who am i going to give these tokens away for free that i can trust they're going to be valuable and committed and you're going to look around 
And you're going to be like, okay, I could do it to Ethereum, but who on Ethereum really knows each other outside of maybe crypto Twitter. But you know, like you have, I, I know a lot of hivers from various different places that I would never know anywhere else, but hive, no matter what. So you have this bond when you have the social element forced onto the main layer that you don't get anywhere else. So you start to think, okay, where are the network effects that make sense? And then you look at Hive and I think Hive's gonna be the, uh, the beneficiary of a lot of airdrops, claim drops, just me, simply because of the network effect. Let me give you a quick example here, right? So I, I'm, I've kind of tried to leave the West with this COVID stuff because it just scares the crap out of me. Uh, and I've, I've looked all over the world for different countries where it's a little bit more liberal, a little bit more um, less oppressive, let's say. Um, and so there's, there's been different places I've been to. So I've been to, and the reason I've found these places, the reason I know that I can find these places is because of Hive, right? Mm -hmm. So I know people on the ground in almost every country, and I can speak to them and find out what they think the situation is, and then compare. And I'm I'm in a fortunate situation where I'm mobile, so I can I can move um, for now anyway, and. I'm currently on a visa run in Turkey to renew a visa to another country I want to go back to. And one of the guys that works very closely with us, I mentioned his name, he's anonymous and he helps with a lot of cool stuff that we do. Uh, really great guy. And I was just in Turkey and I was in the city and I thought to myself, I'll just message this guy, <laughs> see where he is. He's bloody here. He's in exactly the same place, you know? <laughs> you just go in, welcome to Hive, man. So every place I've been, there's been someone that I know, you know, that, that, and not only do you know them, but they look at, you know, I, I feel well looked after in many places, you know, you go to, there's people, oh, how are you doing? You're, they want to talk to you for hours about Hive for a start, because they can't, there, there aren't that many other people directly next to them that can do it. And then see, that's, that's the first day done. And then the next day they want to show you around the town, their city and help you out and make sure you're okay. And you, you know, you do the same to any, anyone else that came from anywhere else from Hive as well. You know, it's, it's a beautiful community in that way. Um, and, and, and like Dan was just saying, I, I think it's a really important place where people could drop tokens to because they know that there's a, a hardcore of people that get the principles of Web3. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's got everything. It's got everything. It really has. Um, and, and I, I, you know, if Dan and I were to go now and look at another project that we could drop these tokens to, knowing that with the knowledge, safe with the knowledge that the community is going to use them in the right way. And even if they don't, it's still going to have a hardcore of people that are going to support the, the principles of what this is. I don't think there is another, I, don't, I just don't see it. Another chain that's got that utility as well. And, and, then, and then you go further than that with, with the content creators in the future that are going to be dropping tokens like hive is decentralized in an organic way you know steam didn't do a great job of decentralizing it but but we kind of got rid of them with the fork and we used the funds to distribute to the community in a different way and now as a result you've got the four years of steam and the year plus of, of hive now and this token is well distributed man i mean it's really 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 hard to be able to plan to to to, to replicate that again you know, like if, if you if you're starting a project from scratch and you want to drop to, you want to find a way to distribute tokens to people without being classed as a security. I mean, how, how are you going to be able to replicate the hive story? How are you going to do that? You just can't do it. You, you, you could you could plan certain random events to, to happen kind of semi spontaneously to see if you could put a spanner in the works and get the community to distribute tokens in a different way. But no, nah, no way. And then to compare, you've got 
the likes of Ethereum, which have got, I mean, I don't know what the estimates are that Vitalik owns, but he's got a massive part of Ethereum, yeah? And the foundation. And the fact, well, that's where it, where it is, isn't it? The foundation. And then you've got situations already on Ethereum where I forget the name of the network, but they made a mistake with one of their fundings probably six months or a year ago, and the community didn't do a rollback for them. But on the original Ethereum DAO, it did a rollback for them, yeah? So <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Already, it's already got the aspects of centralization. <clears throat> proof of stake that's not delegated proof of stake. And I've been writing a very long post I've been meaning to get out about this. It's, it's really a silly argument. Delegated proof of stake is better on, on all facets. It's more censorship resistant. It's more decentralized. doesn't matter about Node if token matters is, to token distributions, all that matter. If you have enough vote, if you have more than fifty-one percent of the voting tokens on both chains, you control million nodes or one node. It doesn't matter in that case. And if it's distributed, then okay, well, I have a bunch of slow nodes. Yeah, you can shard, which is similar to delegated proof of stake, except there's no voting mechanism. You just pinpoint on the network a random group of shards nodes and say, "Hey, you do the work." They can be slow. They can be malicious. They can be anonymous. You don't know anything about them. Um, it's just. When it comes down to it, people are going to realize that you need graphene-based technology and delegated proof-of-stake consensus for the main layer of a blockchain. Remove everything else that's unnecessary. Virtual machine, and Ethereum's talking about doing this, removing the virtual machine. They're, it's crazy. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you infinite amount of money to replicate delegated proof-of-stake, but it can't be delegated proof-of-stake. It's like, <laughs> go. And that's what they did. It's like they literally did everything they could to replicate delegated proof-of-stake, but it's not. So it's silly, it's way too complicated. It's not gonna work as good. As Dan Larimer said, it's a similar shardings like connecting a bunch of 56K modems competing versus a, you know, a high you know, thing with 20 cores that's you know, a, a really fast processing chip versus all these other things. So it's like, you can't really compete versus te technology. So it's just, yeah, I mean, you look at the token distribution, Matt said, it's we're in a time now where even if you wanted to replicate this, you'd have to do it in a low key way. You couldn't have any hype because if they did venture capitalists, big whales would buy up the supply. Um, it just happened in 2016 in the middle of a bear market. It was, you know, it was, crypto was still wild, wild west. It wasn't mainstream when it came out. Ethereum has all the hype at the same time. Um, so you're, you're talking about a low key under the radar launch. You had a year roughly before that big 2017 bull market happened, which was good. It, it, it got all the early people who were in it for the money to sell. Had a brutal bear market, which I don't think we're ever going to see in that capacity. We're going to bull and bear, in my opinion. They're going to be um, more violent, more short term. I don't think you're going to have one that was... Because if we go in a bear market now, people aren't going to be like, crypto's dead. Crypto's the future. Everyone knows crypto's the future. All these billionaires are on point. That's that You didn't have that during that last bear market. Last bear market, people are like, oh my God, crypto could be, really be dead. The first real altcoin boom, lots of doubts, lots of sellers. That was brutal. Cleansed everything. At the end of that, it's like being at the end of a marathon and now you have to fight a dragon. You're like, what the fuck? I'm tired and water. Now I have to fight this dragon. And that's what happened to us. We had to fight this dragon at the end and we came together as a community. And, and what it did is it could have destroyed us, but energy can't be destroyed. So what happened, it didn't destroy us. It made us energized. It made us stronger because we were kind of woke up out of our lackadaisical elephant in the room pre-mind, but we're just going to wait till proof of brain outruns it. At least that was my theory on it. Where else are we going to go, right? I'm not going to fork this thing myself. Aliens invaded. We all came together. We forked out the elephant in the room. Now we have the best technology, the best community. 
Um, we've had that cleanse in terms of token distribution, five years going. Anyone had to start now has a five-year head start, has to come with a very similar, how else do you give tokens away while not being a circle jerk in a way? Um, we've, we've mastered that. Um, inflation is getting lower and lower. Distribution is getting better and better. It, you know, at this point, it wouldn't make sense to try to recreate the will. You're just going to do what Ethereum is doing. And the, um, yeah. The, the other thing that happened during that last year with Hive as well that I like is that a lot of the naysayers um, and a lot of the people that didn't like Hive and were very critical but had large stakes, they've also seemingly powered down and sold their stake. Mm -hmm. So they've gone. You know, Hive really has got a good atmosphere now, you know, mostly, in, but that's not a bad thing. You know, you've got to have critics and, and things like that around, but there's no one that like maliciously hates the chain anymore that's still around. I, I don't think anyway that I can tell. Um, and so it's, it's idea, it's ideal. And, and like that, Dan touched on it earlier, which I really liked is that a lot of this is able to happen under the radar. So, so we, we're clearly shadow banned. I'm talking about everyone that mentions Hive on Twitter is shadow. We're talking in echo chamber. You know, it's hard to get. I think the only guy that managed to crack some some eggs is, is Nathan Mars because he's just an animal. But, um, <laughs> but a, lot, a lot, you know, when, when we tweet, you know, it's very clear that, you know, sometimes we respond to like a, a big guy, a big guy's um, tweet and he's got one comment. We'll put a comment underneath it and it just never gets any any traction, you know. Because right. uh, so, sometimes you get those gems. Um, so I, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but it, it really feels like we were all speaking to, a, to an echo chamber. And I, I once thought, I was thinking, you know, maybe it came from free speech because we, we pushed the free speech angle. Maybe free speech was the reason that we kind of came on their radar and then they censored free speech. And then after that, they've kind of spread it out as they realized we're a massive community. But as time's gone on, it's become more apparent to me that Jack Dorsey is building his own hive. You know, you can, you, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but there's a video that um, that Brian of London put out quickly yeah. after Jack mentioned yeah. he did his speech in Congress, right? And he put Hive over the name of his yeah. Blue Sky. And it just describes Hive perfectly. It's like, so the other thing that happened is Blue Sky, some representatives of Blue Sky reached out to us in January, I think that was it. I think it was around January. And um, they were talking to, we were very open to them. We were like, yeah, this is how it works. You know, this is, what we want to you know what you need to do to have a distributed web three and they said oh maybe we're going to end up partnering with them they're, they're not they're, they don't know for sure but they might put us on their partners list and we were just like well maybe we can get a, maybe we can get a retweet by blue sky or something you know that'd be really really cool um but of course as it's gone on shortly after that jack starts talking about his vision for blue sky and it's like hold on a minute that's exactly what hive is and you're going to try and make out like you came up with the idea and built it yourself you know and then try and sense a hive off so so i i feel like hive's very very suppressed on twitter for that for that reason um and i think the, the rest of them work together they and maybe i'm tooting our horn a little bit too high here but they they see it as a threat for sure in my opinion i mean china, I, I think it's fairly clear that china tried to crush steam it's not just just it wasn't just sunny boy he was backed by china you know mm. um and there's a lot of centralization going on with those exchanges as well that, that, that became apparent from the hive from the steam takeover um that's and a lot of that is backed by chinese chinese government money because of course they don't like free speech right it's it's, it's obvious um well the same thing with the, the the corporations in in the west they they want they want to create their own solutions to this give the facade that they've got free speech but still control the protocols themselves but get themselves first mover advantage using their web 2 capabilities because they've got so many eyes on web 2 um but what that does for hive 
I mean, you, you got to try and look at the you got to try and look at the optimistic side, right? And I see the good the good thing from that. And Dan touched on it earlier is it, it's it allows us to do a lot of stuff under the radar. So where maybe we if we would have exploded a year ago, we'd have had a shit ton of bugs and problems and account sign-up issues and various other things, yeah? I think even today, possibly, we'd still have that. But that's swiftly coming to an end. And over the next year or two, I think all of those issues will be closed out and we'll be ready fully. And it will give, it's given us a lot, of, a lot more breathing space than we would have had had we have pushed quicker and become bigger quicker. So, and it also allows us to be a lot more flexible as well, because even though Hive is a very political place and it's quite hard to push things through, um, because it's very political and it's, it's quite big and slow, can, when you compare it to somewhere like Peerplay, where it's very small and nimble and you can get things built fairly quickly. Um, but imagine if there were a million users on here, you know, it would just be so hard to get things done. So we're still in that phase where we can get a lot of these things in place and fixed before... The, the masses realize that they're being fully screwed, you know, and, and, and move across. Uh, I, I, so I, I think there's a lot of positives to it as well. And I, I, I even think that web two shooting itself in the foot, if web two really wanted to give us problems, it should, it should put us on the front page of Twitter tomorrow and let a million people sign up and see what happens. You know? <laughs> but, and, and then everyone's like, Oh, that fucking hive thing didn't work. You know, it was, it was rubbish. But in two years from now, that's not, that's not going to be the case. Um, so I, I'm, I think it's great. It's like a little bit of breathing space where we get to play around a bit more and, and experiment more. If I could jump in to with a question here for, for both of you, and you can relate this to uh, either general outlook on the industry or to, to three, uh, the Speak Network and, and in particular. But, and I know... Um, well, I don't know, but I've, I've read Litecoin is, is messing with Mimblewimble. Where does privacy fit into all of this? What, what are your views on that? Because one of the things, I mean, we always talk about immutable and transparent, which is great, except transparency, depending on who's looking at us, and in this instance, a government, who we've already you know talked about our, our views on that, and these other entities that have ill wills, if you will. Um, where does privacy come in? My personal view is somebody's going to sit there, take a look at this, some developer, and say, you know what? We're going to build some type of privacy network over this. So you know, transactions get loss, whether it's, you know, through some type of decentralized bridge that all of a sudden you're on Bitcoin and you move your Bitcoin and then it goes off into Never Neverland because you just bounce to another blockchain and it's like, well, where the hell did he go? We don't know. What are you, your views on that? What are some of the things you've read? What are your, some of your thoughts? And is any of this applicable to speak or do you have some thoughts on that? Yeah, I like um, zero knowledge proofs. That's something we can look at in the future. But in terms of Hive being fast, feeless, that makes mixers incredibly cheap. So you just, you know, build mixer services on the side of Hive. And, and since there's no KYC, you can always not attach identity. No matter what you do, even if you're talking about using privacy coins, you need to watch your IP because you know it's it's easy to sort of pinpoint wallets and what's going on if they can track your IP. So if you let's just assume you're taking pro proper privacy measures, um, you should be okay using a mixer on Hive because it's fast and feedless. And that's why it became a problem on Bitcoin. 
because of the fees. So yeah, I think that but that with DEXs, you know, the no KYC is going to be huge for for privacy. I'd also like to add um, one of the things that I like. So I, I'm a I'm big on privacy. Right? I, I I feel that is one of the core foundations of freedom. Um, however, one of the things that I really like about Hive is the fact that we could hold Justin Sun to account, right? That that to me is a massive selling point of Hive. It's the first time in history, as far as I'm aware, that an abusive rich person has been held to account by the masses and effectively punished. Yeah. Um, the, that, and I, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to worry um, large hive holders. I'm a relatively large hive holder myself, but I, I like to think that as long as, you know, as a, as a person within hive, who's got some sway, um, it's not much. Dan certainly obviously very, very influential on hive. We are investing into this protocol. We're investing our money, resources, and time and energy into improving the protocol, right? And that lifts everyone higher. You know, that should create opportunities for everyone. And so as long as we as long as we're doing that, and as long as other other whales and hive seem seem to be beneficial to the chain, they'll have no issues. But when you start like encouraging exchanges to use their custodial fees to bring in your own sock puppets so you can start censoring content and abusing the community. Well, you need you need to be held to account, you know, and the transparency of Hive allows us to do that very easily. So there's going to be there's going to be a, a two worlds. There's going to be two worlds, but we have to be careful how much the privacy world takes over because I think while privacy is important and isn't is it's a necessity, it also has to take somewhat of a backseat to transparent open blockchains, um, as long as there's a way for you to you know, if we can if we can figure out a way to allow people to see where the balances are, or maybe not see which accounts they're attached to in some way, I don't know exactly. Um, I haven't being able to add reputation to an anonymous account is huge because now it's like okay, yeah. this person has built-in um, skin in the game. That reputation is very important, and if they were to do something, if they were to have to, yeah, they can they can get away and then spin up a new, but they have to rebuild that reputation. People might notice who it is because that always trails of who you are. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I think that having both, you know, you're really being held to account by stake. No matter what, it's incredibly hard to get anyone to agree. Just to fork out anyone's balance creates a hard fork. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly hard to get anyone to agree on that. It takes a literal alien event where people are attacked on all measures. And there was flocks of people that went to Hive and for various different reasons. One was so um, because, you know, he was posing a threat. One was all he froze accounts while he started censorship. I'm always starting to steal funds. Like, you know, each one sort of squeezed the, the, the wet towel, so to speak, so there was nothing left because people are like, oh, holy shit, this guy's a maniac. And now everyone, every last person with any sense has moved over. That's a very rare event. And I don't ever, I don't know, like you might, you're going to see kamikaze attacks maybe similar, but it, if you think about it, it's pretty crazy um, to buy a pre-mine and then destroy the network like Godzilla because you didn't get your way. Um, we'll see if other communities in the future are strong enough to fork from their pre-mines. Um, do you know, do you know what's... It's going to be difficult. One of the things that I think is really interesting about this, right, is... So all those things that Dan just listed were spot on. 
And it's what happened. And it's insane. If you think about that, right? The guy did all those things with his stake, sitting on a proof of stake blockchain and nuked it, right? (laughs) Because of his ego, right? But at the same time, isn't that exactly what our politicians are doing to us today? Isn't that exactly the same thing, right? They're censoring. They're stealing our money. They're controlling our accounts, right? They're writing laws that I don't think many people agree with. You could also bring into question that many people in the USA and many other countries don't agree that their elections are free and fair anymore. Well, doesn't doesn't this system solve all of those problems? They've, they've been forked out. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. It's, it's like, yeah. It's, and and the, the, the other thing there is um, if they're operating, I mean, only someone a little bit dumb would do what Justin did on Hive, in my opinion. I think he could have done it in a much cleverer way. But Surely, if we start using this technology in the future, politicians aren't even going to try that shit. They're not even going to try. They're going to go, oh, shit. If I even if I even give give them an idea that I'm doing this, if they find out I'm gone, Mm -hmm. you know, they're just going to get rid of me. So it's it's going to completely discourage that behavior, in my opinion. And so so like Dan says, it will be it'll be like, you know, a very, very rare event. Any of that shit happens because they'll know that if they fuck around, there's no. Partly because of that, but partly because you also have to do a lot to have that have the community rebel against you. But for sure, our politicians have been doing that type of shit for at least seventy years now. <laughs> it's yeah, like, we just couldn't fork. We just couldn't fork. Yeah. Do Do you think Do either you think Hive could be taken over at this point, or what would you put the percentages at that Hive is capable of being taken over? Depends what you this, mean. I've run this simulation many times, oh. so in my head, so there's. Can it be taken over? Yeah, it would be methodical. So first of all, you would have to either buy a very large amount at one time, which would be impossible simply because you'd raise the price that would create other buyers and you would just, it'd be very difficult to, to recover from that. Then you have to wait for a crash. You'd have to play the game. Similar to what I think is going on with the Hive price now. I think there was a dumb market maker that tried to attempt to take over Hive and then they got kind of wrecked and now they're like, what do we do? And they're chopping the price around. That's a different story. But if you were to if you were to do this, this would take methodical. It would take years, years, years of slow buying, slow powering up on anonymous accounts, not drawing any attention to yourself to bypass that one month. It's a red queen game, though. There's inflation. So you have to buy more than the inflation without increase, um, hitting the price too much. But what happens is you get to a point where you're about 20% of the supply, and it's like a tipping point. And then the price just balloons because there's no more supply and you you have to hold it. If you sell it, you're going to, um, you have to, to do the process all over again. So I would say it's very, very difficult. Yeah. You can have a political attack. One of the biggest like Vitalik, I respect a lot. says one of the things about um, Depos as bad as um, vote selling or po- political. You can get the nodes in one room and make them do one thing. But it's more like whack-a-mole. And I'd rather know who my nodes are by reputation than have thousands of nameless nodes that I can't hold to account. So it's not, I can't hold to account by reputation. Sure, you can slash your balances, but they can just spin up again and do the same attack in terms of, they, you know, there's no reputation they had to build up. So it's, they're, they're more reckless in that sense. So I would say, of course, anything is possible. Maybe um, somebody tries to buy out some of the top witnesses. One of the good things and bad things about being a witness is you don't need that much skin in the game to be a witness. You can be voted in by the community with no high power. That's actually incredibly good in terms of versatility. You can get the real 
good person, not just steak based. Like this person's the best for the job because they do things outside of hive that are great. I think that's very nimble that you can't get on proof of stake. Proof of stake, you have to have that many coins to be that big validator. Um, and, and you combine that with the ability to vote them out and hold them to account versus proof of stake, where it's just, you know, any man for themselves. I don't know. I just think that moving forward, you're going to see that that incredibly, that incredible agile mixed with the social layers where, you know, where we're going. So. I think um, similar to what Dan said, um, I'd, I'd also add, if, if you think about trying to accumulate a lot of the supply now or managing to do some over-the-counter deals, um, I mean, the Hive community came together so well when Sun took 30% of the supply. We came together so well that we took the chain back, if you remember, and then he had to run that program with the exchanges to get them in. So he needed like, well, I don't know what it was exactly. Was it 37 or 40% of the supply? To, to, do you know, yeah, Dan, what the figure was? At the peak there, it was about that point. Yeah. It's about 40%, 37. You would have never gotten there. So. Yeah. And so the even, bad thing about the exchanges is they locked, you know, honest hive holders, hive up. So um, if that didn't happen, if they didn't lock actual honest hive holders like they did me, 3 million hive on Binance used against me. So... If they didn't have that, they'd been out of there. But it was a weird, unique circumstance where all the lines, all the stars aligned for the bad guy, and he still ended up stepping in yeah. shit. So. Yeah, but it, but the the I mean, imagine how much more cleverly he could have done that. It's it's, it's it's such a shame, really. But it isn't because it's great because we've got Hive instead. Um. So so then you've got so you've got that scenario where how on earth are you going to accumulate thirty percent of the supply? And even then, we know that thirty percent isn't enough, right? Uh, and even now with, with how much more kind of uh, diligent people are on Hive than they used to be, I'd say you probably even need more than 40% now to get the chain. Um, I might be wrong there, but let's say somewhere around that. To accumulate that supply for someone to accumulate that, su that supply, like Dan said, is incredibly hard and Dan went into the details of how long that could take. Um, but even if that did happen, we're just going to fall, can't we? We're just going to fall. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the ultimate. That's, so you get to the end of the mountain, you accumulate uh, for this methodical plan, and then we just say a few. You can even add like maybe add a month's timer to the witness. So like to become a witness, there's a month delay there as well. And then you start seeing these random witnesses pop up, popping in the last witness. And then before you know, <laughs> you're like, what the hell is going on here? But the point is you're you're capturing air it's trying to bottle air it's like okay i'm gonna stop your oxygen here's my big coca-cola bottle and then you just seal it tight you're like i got you you're like well no you didn't it's the same thing you're, you're it's all open source and he learned the hard way and that's a big blueprint one of the reasons why we're yeah. being heavily censored i believe um our story what you know i was immediately banned afterwards i was getting thousands of followers a day they put my twitter handle in that article that went viral everyone was sharing it boom i'm banned what justin sun's not banned the guy that actually stole the money from me that's funny, but um, you know, that I don't ask those silly questions. It's like, okay, build solutions. So I don't have to ask those questions. My kids won't have to ask those questions. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it's close to impossible. It's, it's up to the community. As long as there's a fighting community, we have every out possible to, to, to win. And the, the ultimate form of a money attack is to have a, a high market cap. We are the most susceptible we'll ever be. Even at the most susceptible we'll ever be, we've proven that we can still defend. There's no pre-mine on Hive. That makes it a thousand times harder. 
by the way, no matter who you are, if the price 100Xs by buying 30% of supply, even if they were to do a sneak attack, we're, you know, honest people are going to sell some of that. They're going to get rich. and be like, oh, I'll power down half my hive and um, buy, you know, have a lot of Bitcoin or whatnot. So they're, we're, they're going to enrich the community regardless. There's no way to, there's no game theory way where you win. Um, so I would say it's virtually impossible. I, I guess the only thing... The only thing that we need to do is, is make sure it's just super easy to relocate your community across to the new chain, you know, and just boom, you're up and running again, you know. Comes back um, to that ease of use again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> e ease of relocation, right? Ease of that, relocation. That, yeah. this is, it's, it's like a migration. Is It's like in the real world, you have to freaking pack your shit and migrate. Well, in, in our digital countries, uh, it's just going to be a new password. It'd be the same password, wouldn't it? You just use the same password and, and then and then rechange re everything on the new chain. Well, well Hive's the digital a form theory. of minimalism. We we just we only have one suitcase. We just pick up and move. We don't have all this real estate and all this furniture. We just got a little suitcase, and it's like you come take need, over our place. We'll just take the suitcase and go down the road. I just we need don't one care. suitcase for my ten thousand NFTs, and they're all stored <laughs> and all their all their physical hard drives are stored on, right? Yeah. Hmm. And you I'm can't sorry, you Dan, think about it, you can't fart as a hive witness. So I mean, if you if you tried anything, if you were to get bought out, the behavior would become obvious. And we saw with the hustle takeover, there was one witness that wasn't in agreement with what's going on, and they got voted out instantly. So that's the power of DPOS. Um, you have uh, hundreds of backup nodes all hounding the the top twenty, making sure they're staying good because they would love that job they have. They'd love that pay increase. So all the incentives from stakeholders to backup nodes makes it virtually impossible to get 20 people who don't agree with each other anyway a lot of the you know the witnesses aren't you get them all in one room that'd be a pretty enjoyable event um you know, it's it's not, it wasn't i would, I would agree on metal metal detectors first to make sure there's no weapons <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. i'll tell you what we we created a it, it room. An obvious alien event where they're like, okay, I don't like you. You don't like me, but we don't like this person a lot more. So we got to work together. And um, do, that's, do that's you it. remember, Dan? We, we created a room, a Telegram room to get to try and get um, Justin's team and the witnesses into one room to talk to each other during during the, the takeover of, of Steam. Oh, God. And there, there, was, there was an agreement made of some sort where we could, I can't remember exactly what it was. Maybe you know better than me, but. Well, I'm not going to name the witness, but one witness had his own interpretation of it, and and it was fairly good. And he issued a document, and then like five of the witnesses were like, "Fuck you, motherfucker! We didn't say that was okay to release." And he just did, everyone just left the room. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like hurting hungry wolves. It wasn't not cats. <laughs> These guys are wolves. And it's like, oh my god, okay. Uh, we're, they don't we're, like we're Justin's son at all. So. We're getting a little late here. We're, we're going on three hours. This is really enjoyable. But what, one thing I wanted to get your views on, and I think would be good for the audience that's still left. We're probably having more fun than they are. Um, <laughs> oh, we still got people watching on Vim for sure. This is, Vim. Uh, this is what it gets we're, we're getting, guys. We're, this is what it gets right now. We're going to have to do a, a follow-up because this is going to be the most popular popular event of the year. But I, I wanted to get each of your views on the hard fork and um, – what what you think is good? What you think it was bad? Other than obviously losing some of our curation because of the the dopey thing uh, for the seven days, it was a pretty seamless hard fork. Things came off very successful. It added uh, some governance things. It added some features for uh, the community. Uh, John got his recurrent payments, which he's very happy about. 
And so can you give us some views on the hard fork and maybe some of the other things that you think were, were left out that should be put in? Resource credits have been talked about in, in Leo Market Talk, but resource credits, from what I understand, can be done without a hard fork, the, the resource credit delegation at least. So I understand that's coming up. But what are your thoughts on the hard fork and maybe some other things that you're hearing out there from the core dev team? Like the, um, I liked a lot of the features. Recurring payments was definitely good. Expiration of votes was needed. Um, I liked the fact that the curation window is extended. I think that's good. The, my favorite thing is, I think it might be underrated. And I mean, it's pretty popular, but I think that five minute thing, I disliked that for so long. I really did not like that five minute window. So now we actually have a fair manual process. I believe you're going to start seeing the token distribution go further and wider. Um, the auto bots are going to start to go away because nobody wants to auto vote a post that says test post delete, right? And you, you vote that it's like, oh, well, great one, Autobot. I think so. I think that is going to be one of the most enjoyable things for the community. Getting rid of that micro penalty where it can uh, micro tip upvotes was great because what's the point of having a micro chain if you're going to penalize the small votes? Um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to, to half, right? Your app is half done. What Blockchain is doing is smart contracts. Um, system he's going to build on top of that. Um, I'm just like you guys. Um, I'm very interested in, in that development and seeing that happen. So I'm looking forward to him releasing some updates about that. And of course, all the various other things going on outside of the hard fork. What's coming up um, next, I believe, is going to be big. And we hope to push some of the peer place changes in this next hard fork where we can get layer one SMTs and um, all the great stuff that we've been wanting for so long. So that's, you know, that's our hope for the next one. Well, while, while we're on you before Matt jumps in, Dan, what are your thoughts about HBD and the peg? Do you think we can pull it off? Do you think we're going in the right direction? It seems from the numbers, we're getting a little closer. Yeah, I think that was great. You, you know, offer seven, 10% like they're doing. I love the way they could be so flexible and change it on the fly. It runs what we want to do is speak where you can adjust inflation numbers. You know, you're offering 10% on a relatively stable asset that's going to attract people. The more the people that buy and hold, uh, the more the price starts to become stable. We have that reverse mechanism now where you can go both ways, convert both ways. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to help both ways, right? It's going to, when it's low, people are going to take advantage. When it's high, people are going to take advantage. And as long as we don't see any two terrible crashes, which we have and we survived, but as long as the, the high price can stay relatively stable, um, I think that it's a major win because now we have a literal in-house stable coin that's not controlled by anybody. It's not backed by Tether. It's not any of this crap. It's a true one, sort of like DAI, but on a better, fast, feelish blockchain. It's more com community oriented. Uh, it's a huge win. So I, I'm, I'm very hopeful. I've always been hopeful. And I think the changes made are just pushing in the right direction. Here you go. Here's a nice, easy business model for you. I think probably we're all in, in kind of complicated Hive cloud land, right? Where we're thinking about how to use Hive for businesses and stuff. But I was just talking to a guy the other day. He's getting people, just people he knows, he's trying to contact investors locally. And he's telling them, look, I've got this thing. I can get you 7% a year. Give me 2% and we've got a deal. I'll operate the whole thing for you, which is basically nothing. But of course, <laughs> the investors don't know, right? They, they think there's some complicated shit going on. But it's like you, 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 could, you could even get to a point now on Hive, I believe, where I would be comfortable to sign a contract to take some of the liability if that went wrong. 
you know so it's like give me a hundred grand right i'll return you seven, uh, five or six grand at the end of the year and i'll take a grand for myself uh, if that goes wrong i've got a pot of money where i can put some put something up for you or maybe there's a way to get insurance i, I don't know exactly but the point is that there's an easy set of business models there that people can really easily understand and they work, you know, they really do work. So that's that to me, because the thing is I've spent like the last five years thinking about how, how can we build stuff on Hive that's going to work in the real world? And it gets quite complicated at times, you know, but this one here is like this, you just, you, you, I didn't even realize it. it's like shit. I could just get one of my friends. I'm friends with a couple of footballers and stuff, you know, and they've, they've got quite a lot of money. So Maybe I can get some of their agents. It's seven percent. Where where can they get seven percent return? Well, or even five percent. That, that's something interesting, Matt, because we we talk about growth and all these potential markets, and what's overlooked. One thing that a lot of this DeFi has has opened eyes to, and what the HBD interest does, the fixed income market is huge. But the fixed income market sucks, and and we talk about yield yeah. farming and DeFi. They've been yield farming since zero interest rates for years. And that's why the stock market and, and junk bonds and everybody, I mean, Dan, Dan knows about this stuff. Everybody runs after the yield because you can't get it in a fixed income market. Yep. You go to your bank and they say, okay, for a, a, a three-year CD, we'll give you 0.5%. And you're like, <laughs> you know, lock my money up for three years. You're kidding me. And here is something on Hive. We'll give you 7%. And oh, by the way, we might move it to 10 yeah. And, yeah. and it only takes three days to get out if you ever want it, to it takes out. three days to get out yeah no and it problem. costs you zero in fees no no early yeah, termination no fees nothing. zero nothing no transaction fees and, the, and the other thing is if, in that if if the if the hive back dollar happens to go to two dollars at some point right well then you're going to be selling you're going to be rebuying back lower so there's a massive opportunity to make huge gains there for these people that you could split 50-50 with, for example. Um, and then if it rides lower for a while, you've just got to have some kind of contingency plan in there um, where maybe you put some up or, or they, they agree that there's a certain amount of risk that they're taking on board. Stop loss, yeah. Yeah, something like that, right? Uh, yeah. So th these these models, these contracts can be put together now. Um, so that's super, super exciting for me. Um, and I like, I like simple business models like that because they're easy to explain. The problem that I've had over the last five years with Hive is trying to explain abstract business models and abstract yeah. platforms to people that aren't quite built yet. They're being built. The great thing is now, it's actually because Dan and I are doing a few more interviews. Dan's doing a great job of getting us a few interviews here and there. Um, and it's a lot more easy to explain this stuff now than what it was a year ago because we've got the platforms built. We can show people this stuff instead of having to explain an idea, you know, obviously the speed on network's not quite there, but we get, we've got an artist working on a load of drawings that he's going to about to release. We'll update the website with those drawings. We've, we've got someone who makes really good videos that will do a video for us, hopefully. Um, it's actually, you know, a picture tells a thousand words. So we'll have that stuff out on the hard fork. Um, as an, so the last hard fork for us was a real tough fork. Yeah. I'd, uh, ex-developer whose name shall not be mentioned um didn't do a very great job of communicating with the the main team and we weren't aware of that necessarily that that was going on so it turned out to be a bit of a disaster for us on this fork the it's almost like the core devs on hive learned from the people that didn't perform very well in the last hard fork and made it really easy for everyone and uh, I, I'm, I'm not a dev so i can't tell you the exact details but our dev 
at fairly short notice came, got involved with the fork, tested it in our app, ran the test environment, convinced himself there weren't going to be very many errors. Uh, and that was only a few days before the fork happened. And it, it went through so smoothly. We didn't eat... Like in the last hard fork, we were there for like a week and a half with questions coming through. What's going on with three sweet? Why isn't three sweet working? This is going wrong. That's going wrong. In this fork, I didn't even hear anything. I think we had a couple of bugs that we fixed in five minutes, you know, and the, the app's running smooth. It's all, all seems to be running fine. I'm sure we'll find out a couple of things that go wrong as, you know, as things that you use less regularly on the app, um, that people use them and then they'll be like, well, this didn't work. It, there's a bug in it or whatever, but we haven't found really anything yet. And so I don't want to speak too early because it's, you know, you get, I'm going to, I'm going to crucify myself, but it seems to have gone really, really smoothly from a DAP, DAP operator's point of view. I'm not aware of any of the other apps that went down either. Um, so that is massive. That is so freaking good. I, like, I, I don't know what they've done in the core team, but they've, they've figured out a way to get this stuff fixed before the forks happen. And whether it was because they had less risky things that they were they were putting through in the fork, I don't know. Um, but yeah, for me, an app runner's dream this time, absolutely amazing. It's, it's, it boosted the price as well, as far as I can tell, the price boost recently was because of the fork going right through so smoothly. Um, love the recurring payments. I, I'm often charged with distributing payments to our team on Hive, um, and so I'm going to love that part because I'll be able to put recurrent, just as long as I've got the accounts that are funded, I'll be able to put recurrent payments in now. Um, and, and and of course, the, the, the implications for things like a Patreon solution on Hive now are tremendous. Mm. Um, Does anybody uh, else have recurrent payments at the blockchain level? I don't think it exists. I haven't seen a chain with one uh, yet. First Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we probably need to make yeah. a much bigger deal about that. Well, even fast and reoccurring offers. That's quite a good thing. Fast feelers and reoccurring. It makes it sound like you're going to continuously receive money. <laughs> and shout out to the hardcore devs. I thought they did amazing. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. What? What? Just I don't know uh, how how much contact you have, but what have you heard, or uh, what are your thoughts for Hard Fork Twenty Six? What would you? What do you think needs to be done? Either of you. We've been harping on about light accounts for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, light accounts is interesting. <clears throat> you could argue that it's becoming less interesting over time um, because we're going to be building alternative sign-up features. But having the ability to, to allow someone to have a Hive account that doesn't interact with the chain apart from for transfers is, in my opinion, is significant. Because it means that people will be able to go and get the get their hands on Hive and Hive tokens without having to buy a Hive account or without having to go through the sign-up process. It's just be one click, receive an account, receive a private key, receive money to that account, right? Um, so that's, uh, in terms of scaling, that's much, very, very helpful because now you could get, you could get a, a Web2 account system that can Hive, that can hold a Hive account balance without being able to interact with the chain, without having to comment on the chain. Um, and not, not only the Hive account balance, but all of the tokenomics and the token systems we're going to be having in the near future as well. They'll, they'll, all, they'll be able to receive airdrops, all those types of things, you know. So in terms of us, right now, if a million people signed up to Hive, like I said, we, we'd probably struggle. To, we, we'd probably have to come up with some, some arrangement with the, the core devs where they 
just added a million accounts to the balance to the to the to the account balance on Hive or something. I, I don't know exactly how that would work, but it'd be a kind of emergency situation, I think, and we'd probably get a lot of bad press for it. But if we had light accounts, it it we and we had a way of allowing people to get Web2 accounts and attach a light account to them, Hive can scale like that tomorrow, you know? It, not not ideally, but it would still be able to scale. Um, so I'd like, I'd personally like to see light accounts. I know there's a lot of guys that, that have known about it for a long time and they've always talked about putting it into hard forks, but there's always been higher priorities. So um, maybe, maybe, maybe in the next hard fork, we'll see. Any thoughts, Dan? Yeah, for the next hard fork, I really hope that we can get some kind of um, possible layer one SMT from what we're doing over at PeerPlays. Maybe bring over some of the NFT logic, look at the DEX logic. I really think we should have Uniswap like DEXs on Hive. Um, definitely looking forward to some sort of light account, although we're going to have light accounts. Not light accounts, they'll be, they'll be sort of um, layer two accounts that standard we're approaching, but it would be nice to have guest accounts or light accounts on Hive, where it's just, you know, it's not a namespace, obviously a unique name takes up more than a numeric phrase, or it's just a bunch of random numbers. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I would say. And I'm also, it's not really in the hard fork, but half, I'm really looking forward to what that's gonna do. And we'll be one of the first apps to test on it. And just on, just on the, on the, the light account things, just, just the implications for DeFi is quite big. Because you don't you don't need to interact with the chain to, to benefit from DeFi as long as you can stake. Then I don't know whether you can you'd argue whether a light account should have staking or not, I don't know. But the point is that the whole sign up process of Hive is about having a social media set of keys. Whereas if you if you want to run a DeFi account, all these other blockchains, it's just a it's just a, a public key and a private key. Um, so Hive Hive could could benefit from that as well. So John, any more questions from the uh, peanut gallery? No, no, no. Um, we, we had a uh, Sergeant Dan actually said he's got to go cook his veggies because he's he's smelling them, uh, so he's got to check on them. So that was the only comment on uh, Periscope. So <laughs> we're got oh, you should have told. You should have told. I'm glad that you didn't tell me that Sergeant Dan was watching because I'd have felt the pressure. You know, the the the, the, the scale of the stage. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. We we uh, can, we. We could do this for another three hours, guys, and and I hope you you you'll be willing to come back and join us. I mean, we we this was terrific, and I I loved it, and I'm sure John loved it too. Absolutely. Um, but you know, us I, too. I, yeah, sure. Anytime. Three hours, I think, is enough. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing that the thing I like about talking to guys like you about this stuff is, first of all, you understand it. And secondly, you, you can probably take what we say and communicate it in an even better way than we do, you know, like re really, really great. And, and, and also because you guys understand it, I, I often like to, to take a look at some of your content to see what you're saying about what's going on with the Speak Network, because it helps me understand whether or not we go in the right direction. It helps me understand whether we explained it right. It helps me understand... Hey. I'm just waiting for the merchandise. Okay. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> I want a big fat speak network logo on a black shirt and I want to wear it on Shit. camera. That's it. So do, do you know, just I've let got, me know when you guys got that for sale so I can go buy some. Have you seen have you seen the logo that we've done recently for the speak network? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it.
So. Yeah, yeah. It was it, credit credit to well, it's it's from the old three speak logo that we had before. We kind of took it and adapted it. And um, right. what's his name? Jay 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 Rez on rides. Jay Rez. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he helped us finish it off. So credit right. to him for that. Yeah. I um, love it. But yeah, man, I, I, I love interacting with guys like you. Um, I just think it's a massive feedback loop for us. And it also, it's, it's inspirational for, for, for me. I don't know about Dan, but I just love the idea that other people are taking these ideas up and talking about them, you know? And that for me, is it, it, it gives me a lot of peace of mind yeah. that if I disappeared tomorrow for whatever reason, that, it, you know, the thing would carry on. You know, people know what the crack is. They know what needs to be built and, and people could, could carry that stuff on and, so, yeah, and, and, you know, when you hear people talk about it and they get it wrong, it's like, oh, maybe not. But when I hear you guys talk about it, it's like, shit, these guys, off, sometimes I'm like, God damn it, Taskmaster knows this thing better than I do. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude, he does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried in a couple of years I'm going to be going head-to-head with Taskmaster discussing how to best allocate speak tokens. And the community are like, no, nah, no, nah, Taskmaster. Oh, he'll have it right. done. <laughs> Guaranteed. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And I, I look forward to that day, you know, I really do. Well, I think it just comes from trying to live this stuff. And, and as you said, yeah. Matt, uh, you know, it, it extends to a lot of areas of our lives and, and we all have yeah. limitations how much we can do in, in those areas depending on our family and, and work circumstances. But I'm fortunate right now. I mean, I can focus a lot of attention on Hive and, and carry the message and, and try to put together videos or posts that talk about what's going on. I mean, I can't sing or dance or code, but I can... <laughs> You know, make a video about uh, the speak network. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, hey, if we get Britney Spears or somebody on the speak network, she can sing and dance and maybe go too. Who knows? You might be in trouble then, Taskmaster. <laughs> by by that time, I won't care because my speak and my hive will be worth so damn much money. Uh, I'll be sitting on my island saying, "Thank you, Britney. You just made me a fortune because you brought your thirty million fans over." Well, let's hope so. Guys, uh, absolute honor. And uh, thank you for, for both coming by and all the support, uh, you know, that you've given to the Hive blockchain and, and, and you know, everyone, me personally, too. Um, you guys have always uh, been there uh, with questions and support. And uh, I know that everyone appreciates uh, the time you gave three hours, man. Appreciate it. And then uh, we'll bug you again in a couple months if you guys are okay with that come by and for sure man shop yeah well if you want to come on and host the thing come on we'll make you guest host or something oh like that. bloody hell don't <laughs> <laughs> get that started yeah, i was gonna say i was gonna say i'll stick to talking about ideas about how to build freedom tools but if you get me hosting a podcast i'll probably just lose your followers you know <laughs> it's gonna be a mess but i We'll, we'll, we'll go get more. We're okay with that. <laughs> they, they're like they're a very demented bunch. It takes all, they're, they're oh, high takes a they're high It takes a lot to run them off. <laughs> you can abuse them and they just keep coming back. And the more uh, you abuse them, the more they show up. They, we do two shows a week now because we abuse them so much they want more. Uh, they, you might have to move to three shows at some point then. <laughs> Daily shows. I'm seeing it now. Uh, so, thanks uh, again guys we appreciate the time that. we appreciate you all you're you're doing for us and, and we look forward to more from the speak network cool. appreciate it's it fun. thanks all right, guys have a good one all right. thank you latest 
Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week.